Hey yo, Cali Green Monster Show. Sports. Stuff. Yeah. Let's get it, Nate Diaz. Welcome into another episode of A Cali Green Monster Show. I am your host, Dean Ryan, coming to you here from the Tesla Studios in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. It is a Tuesday morning, June 29th, 2021, and I've got an excellent show lined up for you guys, as always. New listeners to the show, welcome in. This is your place for, you know, listening to the current events and today's sports topic, you know, put it on in the background for whatever you're doing, whether you're at work, whether you're working out or you're just hanging out. Let a Cali Green Monster show just be the, you know, the place to give you a little bit of entertainment and maybe learn a few things that's going on in the current world of sports. But, you know, not just sports. Sometimes we talk about stuff, whether it be Harry Potter or as today's topic, you know, the free Britney Spears movement. You know, I feel like over the past couple of years, free Britney has become a bigger and bigger thing over the internet. You know, people have noticed how her family and lawyer have complete power of attorney over her, not just her financials, but her personal situation as well. You know, recently she's come out, you know, herself and spoken out against her conservatorship and feels that it's completely restricting on her lifestyle that she wants to be able to get married and have a baby but i guess she has a birth control device implanted in her and her father or lawyer or family or whoever it is that has the you know power of her conservatorship over her won't let her have a baby so of course everyone is up in arms and being like why would you know, Britney Spears, who, why is she under conservatorship? You know, this is usually reserved for someone who doesn't have the mental capacity to make their own decisions. And this is usually someone who has a mental disability or dementia. And this isn't Britney Spears. You know, sure, she's a little cuckoo bird. And especially if you see some of the TikTok she puts out, she's not completely all there. But I don't know if it necessarily constitutes her being in a conservatorship. You know, some people that maybe aren't as old or maybe forget, you know, why she's even in a conservatorship. Let's take a little trip down memory lane. And, you know, what brought Britney Spears to this current juncture, I guess, in her life and career? So January 1999, Hit Me Baby One More Time is number one on the Billboard 100. Everything's going great for Britney Spears. She's dating in sync lead singer Justin Justin Timberlake. I almost said Justin Bieber and I caught myself for a second. You know, Bieber wouldn't be coming along for a little bit later. But she had everything going. You know, she had Pepsi. She performed Slave for You at the MTV Movie Awards with the Python. You know, little did we know that Slave for You was very literal coming up in a couple of years. But at another MTV Movie Award, she kissed Madonna. She made that movie Crossroads. Remember her music video Toxic is probably the most 
moment that my puberty officially kicked in. So Britney Spears, everything she did, man, she was basically the it girl. She was, she was, yeah, she was probably like one of the number one celebrities in the country. You know, me growing up, didn't know any better. It's like, yeah, Britney Spears, she's number one. And you assume that she would be forever i guess you know kind of like how madonna is one of those people that has kind of transcended multiple generations and gone from the 80s to the 90s and she's still around banging 20 year old dudes you know but then in january 2004 i feel like this is when things with britney spears started to get a little bit like huh you know i feel like she started to get some you know i feel like the negative attention from her kind of started a little bit with like her breakup from Justin Timberlake and I feel like the media took Justin Timberlake's side there and even though it's awesome to see her kiss Madonna on stage I think a lot of people were like oh what's going on with Britney she seems to be going off the edge ever since she broke up with Justin but then in January 2004 she was in Vegas and she married her childhood friend Jason Alexander and no not Jason Alexander from Seinfeld it was her buddy from Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas, wherever Britney's from. It was her buddy from there. And after 54 hours, that was annulled. So, okay, so I guess Britney, she experienced the married life real quick, dipped her toes in the pool and got out. You think she'd be done? It's like, no, she wasn't done with marrying rednecks. Later that year, in September 2004, she married Kevin Federline, or K-Fed as we all know backup dancer they end up having two kids this guy it it was definitely they were one of the most popular couples on the tabloids i feel like he was fresh off the heels of uh ben affleck and and jennifer lopez i was just gonna call them benifer or yeah (laughs) but you know they're they're having round two so shit hey maybe maybe k-fed and britney spears they can be a thing if she can ever get herself out of this conservatory ship but you know i mean k-fed he was a dude that it was definitely like what's britney spears doing with this guy you'd only see him in pictures wearing like a side baseball cap that was barely on his head oversized jean shorts and only only wearing like a wife beater that should be used as an undershirt and never as your primary t-shirt but either way she ends up having two kids with this guy and then it files for divorce in november of 2006 so that thing didn't even last like barely over two years and then you know february 2007 things really i feel like this is the moment that everyone the crescendo of crazy britney she goes to an la hair salon shaves her head bald takes an umbrella bashes it against a car and there's you know over this whole time while she's had kids there's been stories about you know, I guess her baby fell out of a high chair, so that had child services get called. You know, after she divorced Kevin Federline and had this complete meltdown, she eventually lost custody of her kids, which is kind of insane because normally the mother will get custody of the kids or at least have a majority custody of the kids. It's, I feel like it's very messed up situations where the father will get 100% custody of the kids. You know, so to completely take custody away from the mother, you have to know that the situation was completely messed up. And I mean, since it was unfolding in front of the public, we kind of got to see, you know, what was going on. So in 2008, that's when she was basically put under the conservatorship. And it, it didn't help. It didn't stop her from still being productive. You know, she put out that, you know, womanizer, I think around the same time that she was put on that. And she's had 
you know, she's had tours, she's had a residency in Vegas, but under this whole time, it's been her lawyers and her dad, and I think her sister, I believe, that have been kind of having the final say in everything that she does. You know, her family is trying to defend the conservatorship and saying that they have only the best interest in Brittany and that she has a say in what's going on. But at the end of the day, this thing is a conservatorship is meant for someone who isn't capable of making the decisions herself. And even though she might be a little crazy, you know, I, I'm just saying that I'm speculating that she's a little crazy from just the stuff that I remember that, you know, as I just recalled, it happened while I was in high school. And even if you see some of the TikToks that she puts out now, it's like, hi, guys, you want to see me do this dance? And then she just still talks like she's an 11 year old girl and is very hyper and you know, all the, but that doesn't mean that she should have no autonomy over her life and her decisions. I feel like, yes, maybe her family has prevented her from making bad decisions, both financially and personally, but that does, you know, in this country, I feel like it's completely wrong for an adult who, you know, at the end of the day, she needs to be able to make mistakes, you know, I mean, celebrities all the time blow through their money and get married and have divorces and have kids and stuff like that. And Britney Spears, it should be no different. I think she, even though it's one of those things where if we do succeed in putting in public pressure on the Spears family and the lawyer and everything that has control over her, maybe there's enough pressure that's put on them and they let her out of it. You know, maybe she goes crazy again. Maybe she shaves her head and starts smashing cars and marries another white trash backup dancer. And we'll all be sitting there going, oh, crap, that's why. But, you know, I think that she, at the end of the day, we should allow her to go and, you know, make those mistakes or whatever. So I'm all with the Free Britney movement. I don't know if it's necessarily in her best interest, but, you know, I'm on board. Let's Free Britney. All right, we've covered some stuff. Let's switch over. Let's talk about sports. Specifically, let's talk some UFC. This past weekend, Surreal Gone, he got a unanimous decision victory over Alexander Volkov in a heavyweight main event on like a UFC fight night this past Saturday. And a lot of speculation is what's going to be next for Gone because the champion, Francis Ngannou, he was already slated to fight Derek Lewis. And there is speculation that John Jones, who, you know, the, the longtime light heavyweight champion that relinquished his belt to move up to heavyweight, there's a lot of speculation that he's going to be next after the Derek Lewis Francis Ngannou fight. So people are wondering what's going to be next for Surreal Gone because a person like this, you don't want to leave on the sideline for over a year, which is probably what would need to happen if he wants to wait for a title shot. But wait a couple days later, and we found out that he's actually going to be fighting a lot sooner, and for well, a lot sooner than we anticipated. If thinking that he was going to sit out for a title, and then a lot sooner that he's actually going to be fighting for a title. So yesterday was announced that they're going to be doing an interim title between Derek Lewis and Surreal Gone at UFC 265 in Houston. This is taking place on August 7th, I believe. And this is news that was completely out of left field, considering that Francis Ngannou just won the title from Stipe Miocic back in March. So this is about three months, and they're already booking an interim title fight. 
you know, it's like the the distance between March and August, you know, it's go, you know, April, May, June, July. So it's like five months in between fights and they need to have an interim title match. It makes no sense. You know, Dana White, he's, I think he's an excellent businessman. There's no denying that he knows what he's doing and especially he knows what he's doing when it comes to MMA and UFC promotion. Look at what the juggernaut that he's built and he's been the main driver in that. But I feel like there's a few times that he's misguided and he kind of lets his, his Boston out a bit and, you know, where it's a little unfair, like for example, where Ariel Hawani hasn't even been allowed to have a press credential for any UFC, even though he's arguably the biggest MMA journalist out there. And that was all because he basically did his job and broke the news that Brock Lesnar had signed with the UFC and was going to be fighting at UFC 200, I think it was. And Dana White was so pissed that he broke the news before the UFC could break it. And, you know, now it just only says negative things about Ariel Hawani, even though I feel like it's completely unwarranted and now he's taking shots at Francis Ngannou's management you know Francis Ngannou's management has come out on Twitter saying that they're completely shocked by the news and has said that they were willing to fight in September and that August was going to be too soon and you know Dana White just comes out and is like that guy's full of shit and blah 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 and you know and it's just like either way Dana you're really gonna book an interim title match when your actual champion is willing to fight literally one month later and i think that this all has to do with that the ufc pay-per-view or that that ufc pay-per-view in particular is happening in houston and Derek lewis is from houston and i think that they just feel like having Derek lewis the hometown guy as you know fighting in the main event for a title is just a license to print money but i feel like right now the ufc is on such a hot streak that it doesn't matter that you know amanda nunez i think is fighting on that card and she's going to be in the co-main event and you know they could headline the card with amanda nunez and have Derek lewis just fighting surreal gone in a co-main event they could even make it a five round co-main event they did it recently with nate diaz and leon edwards so why not do it with these guys but why give them a fake belt anyone that actually is following ufc following mma doesn't look at that and go oh he was a ufc champion it's like no they gave him some fake belt to make this match look more important and try to boost the pay-per-view buys by charading that it's an actual title fight i hate when they do this i feel like this is a very unnecessary interim title match and considering how a couple months ago we thought we were going to be getting francis Ngannou and john jones for the heavyweight title and now we're going to be getting this unnecessary interim title match between surreal gone and and Derek lewis i feel like dana has definitely missed the mark on this one this is definitely not what us as ufc and mma fans want so i mean even though it's not what we want that's what we're gonna get but you know not particularly happy about that one switching over to basketball last night i feel like the suns really missed an opportunity to close out the clippers you know they were up 3-1 Game five was in Phoenix, so I thought that they had a really good opportunity to close out the Clippers. The Clippers still don't have their best player in Kawhi Leonard, so the recipe was in there for the Suns to win. And, you know, I feel like the Clippers, you know, Paul George, the playoff P, Paul George actually showed up. 41 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists. And I think what was most impressive is that he did it on 15 of 20 shooting. So shooting 75% from the field, that's freaking 
fucking stud. You know, you have, you know, Morris contributing with 22 points and Reggie Jackson with 23. You know, so the Clippers, they look solid. And then even on the defensive end, their zone defense, I feel like, caused a lot of problems. You know, Devin Booker was able to get 31 points, but they were able to hold DeAndre Ayton to 10 points and 11 rebounds. And Chris Paul, he was able to contribute with 22 points and 8 assists. But still, you know, the Clippers put in a pretty solid performance. And I feel like the Suns are in a lot of pressure right now because tomorrow night is game six. And it's going to be at Staples Center. And if the Clippers can pull off that win, it's like, dude, now we got game seven back in Phoenix. And the Clippers have shown that they can win in Phoenix, you know, with that big game five. And I think if it goes back to Phoenix with game seven after having a 3-1 lead, the pressure is going to be all on Phoenix. So they definitely missed an opportunity there. And I feel like if you're a Clippers fan, you should definitely be able to hold out hope because I feel like they've been resilient this entire playoffs. I think I saw on SportsCenter today that they've now got seven wins when facing elimination. So that's like the most and I don't know some stat that they threw out there but I figured I'd share it here so you know Suns and Clippers game six tomorrow night we got the Hawks and Bucks game four tonight so lots of basketball still going on so at least for the time being a Cali Green Monster show we're still gonna be a big basketball show before we get out of here Let's talk about some soccer, Euro 2020. I feel like yesterday was one of the most exciting days in soccer, or at least the most exciting two games of soccer you can ever have. You know, yesterday the first game was Spain and Croatia, and the second game was... um, was France and Switzerland so I had predicted that Croatia was going to beat Spain and I had predicted that France was going to be Switzerland and apparently I think the Cali Green Monster must have given these teams the kiss of death because they both didn't end up winning but they ended up being taking part in both amazing awesome games so first let's look at the Spain and Croatia game It started off right away with Spain getting an own goal. They passed it back to their keeper, and the keeper just wasn't paying attention and misplayed it. I think it was a combination of not paying attention and misplaying the ball. So, like, at the 20th minute, they scored on themselves from, like, 50 yards out. It was pretty comical and something that you'd expect to see in AYSO soccer with, like, six-year-olds or something like that. You know, but Spain, they bounced back. They scored three times, made it 3-1. to And then Croatia... 85th minute they made it three to two and then in the extra time with 90 i think it's the 92nd minute tied it three three sending it into extra time and you would think you know going in that fight that you know into the 30 minutes of extra time that you know scoring those two goals right there in the last seven minutes that croatia would have all the momentum and i feel like spain showed a lot of resiliency you know morata got scored a brilliant goal to make it four to three and then shortly after they made it five to three so spain they survive a crazy game and when you thought that like there's no way that that game could top you know could could be topped you got france and switzerland you know so that game took at took place at noon pacific time yesterday and so during the second half i was able to get the 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 game on in my headphones while I was working on my computer at work and by the time I got it on my headphones Switzerland was up one nothing and they had a penalty kick to you know so to potentially go up two goals on France you know the defending World Cup champions and arguably the favorites of the tournament and the people that I picked to win the tournament so they were potentially going to go up two nothing however Switzerland the the 
penalty kick gets stopped, and then France immediately takes the ball down. Benzema scores a goal, ties it up 1-1. 90 seconds later, Benzema makes it 2-1. So France, they went from potentially being down 2-0 to now being up 2-1. So things are looking good for France. They look even better for France when Pogba makes it 3-1. So, you know, the announcers, they're like, Oh, France, they're on their way with a date with Spain and then the quarterfinals. And then, sure as shit, here comes freaking Switzerland, you know, in the 80th minute, they make it 3-2, you know, so it's like making it somewhat competitive and making it a little bit more tense, and then sure as shit, they tie it up 3-3, I think in the 90th minute, and send that game into extra time, and ends up going all the way to PKs, and Switzerland pulls it off, man. Everyone made their shots, and it came down to the last shooter for France, Kylian Mbappe, you know, the star for Paris Saint-Germain, you know, the arguably the best young star in the world right now, and people consider arguably the best player in the world, maybe after Messi. And with all the pressure of the world on him, he didn't deliver. You know, the Swiss keeper made a big save, and just like that, France, the big favorites in the tournament, defending World Cup champions, they are out of the Euros in the round of 16. Definitely did not see that coming, but, you know, can't deny that that was one of some exciting soccer. So for all you people out there that say that soccer is lame and not worth watching, shame on you because you missed some excellent sport yesterday. And these Euros, man, they've been pretty interesting. We've already had Portugal, Netherlands, and now France being knocked out. And this morning at 9 a.m. Pacific time, noon Eastern time, we've got England and Germany. You know, this is going to be at Wembley Stadium, so I imagine that's going to be a crazy atmosphere, you know, with England playing in front of their home crowd. But after that game, that's going to be another big country that's going to be, you know, eliminated from these Euros before the quarterfinals. And then the last game today at noon Pacific time is Sweden and Ukraine. So we're pretty soon going to have the quarterfinals bracket set up. And these Euro 2020s, man, we had to wait a year to finally watch them. You know, it's like Euro 2020 and 2021 but it's been solid and I'm looking forward to these last handful of games that we got left up but as for this show that's all I've got left for you guys if you've made it to this point I really appreciate you give you a pat your give yourself a pat on the back you know if you enjoyed what you listened to why don't you be a friend tell a friend help spread the Cali Green Monster brand and if you didn't enjoy what you listened to I highly doubt you're still here But until next time, I've been your host, Dean Ryan. This has been a Cali Green Monster show. Have a great one, guys. Peace.